Good morning, everybody. <laughs> I'm laughing because this is what our fourth our fourth attempt fourth at this. Attempt. Oh, we got it. The fourth time's the charm. Welcome to Women on Top, uh, the podcast. Sunday morning. I am exhausted, and we'll get to why in a bit. But hello, Kira. Hello. How are you? I am well. It's an honor to be here. Kira and I, Kira was an early adopter to, and that's why you're single, uh, the events in the column. And she, we met each other at one of our, one of my company's events and, um, recently reconnected at Equinox because we both go to Equinox there. Do you know what, will you take bar there, right? I love bar classes. Actually, my membership has been frozen for a little while because I got very sick in the winter. But I'm mm-hmm. all well now. But yes, I became a devotee of bar classes. Now, though, it's time to go back and do everything. Bar, yoga, spin, weights. Didn't, have you taken yoga at 85th Street? I have. Not for some time. But yeah. I used to be – I used to do yoga pretty much exclusively. Yeah. Not I, a place I mean, to I'm meet men. To, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have to say – that um, like Mary Horn, who I think is phenomenal, probably the best instructor they have. Yeah. Uh, she attracts a lot of dudes to her class. One because she's fantastic, and two because she's like she's hot. You know, she's really attractive, mm-hmm. um, and so there are always guys in her classes. Um, this is and good to straight, know. Yeah, the, FYI, mm-hmm. FYI, Thank follow you. follow Mary Horn for both the classes and for the hot dudes in her yoga classes. Well, I'll um, take a little free coaching on air. Yes, please. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I go to about four classes a week. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, <laughs> I always take the mat, and I'm an idiot for doing it. I take the mat near the door. Yes. Um, because that's just me always <laughs> looking for the exit. And um, yeah, it, it's not a... Uh- it's not a mafia scene. You don't need to be sitting with your back against the wall. I know. I know. But uh, <laughs> I'm always that, I'm always in that spot. And man, oh, man, in 85th Street, I have never seen entitlement the way I've seen it at 85th Street. Well, it is because, special. But if you go to 63rd Street, that's equally special. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've been to 63rd. I've been to 61st. I've been to the West Side. I've been to 85th and 92nd. And wow, I you know, I was taking cycling last week and I went in and I'm setting up my bike. And there's a woman a couple of bikes down from me and she's pedaling away. And, then, you know, it's like 15 minutes before the class. And now you've taken this class. So, you know, people tend to show up like five or 10 minutes in advance to set up and warm up. Get their water, do their thing. Yes. Get their water, do their thing. So another woman comes in and she walks up to this other woman on the bike. Mm-hmm. And the gist that I got from the conversation was the woman not on the bike had booked that bike for the class. Oh, serious drama. Oh, for fuck's sake. And then well, you know the woman on the bike. Ago, somebody got smacked on a bike. It got smacked? Physically, there was a physical altercation. It made the New York Post. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I believe it after watching this because the woman on the bike, now mind you, she wasn't even signed up for the class. I think she had gone to the, cl- maybe went to the class before. I don't know. I don't know if she came in in between the two classes, but she pulled the, well, class doesn't start till nine o'clock. And 
I could see the one, the woman that was that clearly had booked the bike, and I was willing her. Right. Please just go find another bike. Please just go find another bike. Please just go find another bike. And she stood there with her arms crossed. I'm like, oh girl, don't do this. She gets the instructor. The instructor comes down. The woman's like, but 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 you know, I it's not nine o'clock, and I can stay on. And but and I honestly like. The, I felt so bad for the woman who had booked the bike. Mm-hmm. She did the right thing. She showed up mm-hmm. and she had to deal with this bullshit. And, you know, then the people, the check-in people came in. She went to get the check-in people to try and get this one off the bike. The woman would not get off the bike. And I was like, what, like, what is your problem? I'm just you know, I'm laughing because I think about, again, referring back to how we met in the early days with you doing events. And I don't know if you're talking about people who are married or single, but it becomes very clear to me why some people are going to have a hard time people- meeting somebody in life. Yeah. If you can't you know, relate I, to others, you know, you may want to look at that. Yeah. There's a lot of... um there's just no concern for other people. You know, in yoga, I take that back spot. And, you know, six, seven people flow into that class five minutes late, doors opening, doors closing, and those stupid metal water bottles, oh, they knock them over. And yeah, last week, I'm sitting there in class, and now the class is booked, right? It's booked. All the mats are gone. You know what that means? It means the class is booked. Well, like five or six women showed up, and some of them probably booked spots, but other women or other people, other members, I should say, um, decided to come in and not check in and just grab a spot, regardless of whether or not they booked right. it. And right. so this woman comes in, and I don't know if she booked or not. I, I don't remember. I was too enraged to really pay attention. And she gets a mat, and what does she do? She puts it r- like smack in between me and the woman next to me. And there's already so little space between us. But she sort of staggered it so that, and I was just like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, the room is booked. Now, like, now you're going to make our experience difficult because you're, you're like, you're on top of us because you can't just go, okay, you know what? Maybe I'll just come back. Yeah, I do not envy the people who work at that gym because they oh my need God. to be policemen, nursery school teacher, and oh, bouncer all in one. Growing you know, people cannot figure it out. Yeah. Your name's on the list. Your name's not on the list. If it's not on the list, wait your turn. There is one instructor, and I was having this conversation with um, one of the um, one of the staff, one of the desk staff, mm-hmm. who also checks people in. And there's one instructor. I think it's Stephanie Levinson. Mm-hmm. Now she's fantastic, but the people who go to her classes are the biggest assholes. That I refuse. I will no- I went to one class with her and the people were just such assholes that I swore it off. And we're talking people fight for their, well, that's their spot and that's where they typically go and they come in and they're hostile. <laughs> like, to- it's a, like it's a religious uh, house of worship and they've bought their family seat. Yeah, and that's where they're going to sit. You would, you would think it was fucking Vanity Fair Oscar party. The way they were. <laughs> I know. You know, when that's my spot and what about me? And I booked and I, and I just, I was like, yeah, no, nope, nope, never again, never again. Yes. And there are certain classes that attract a certain type of member. You put it very diplomatically and, there, a certain type of member. Yes. <laughs> and it's, um, it's those like the booty blast, those classes, um, 
the eight, like any class where it's like packed, I just, I won't even try to go to mm-hmm. because it's, it, it's just a, it's just people who, um, they're very, very aggressive and the vibe of the room is very bad and I don't like it. Well, because I became a devotee of bar classes and there are two instructors who are very good. All of the instructors have been stellar but there are two dancers and I like attending their classes, one man and one mm-hmm. woman. And her mm-hmm. class tends to be a little less busy because of the time of day, but his, you could put it at six 30 in the morning, or you could put it at ten thirty in the morning and it will be packed because he's an ex Broadway dancer. And it's just mm-hmm. unbelievably yeah. good and has such good attention. But mm-hmm. again, you do get the special people. <laughs> so oh, yeah. it's, it's a challenge. We get to practice Uh, patience and compassion, whether or not we're in those yoga classes or not. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And it's, uh, it's an experience for sure. Um, as my girlfriend says, namaste over here. Namaste over here. Mm -hmm. Namaste at fucking home. What is wrong with you? (laughs) So, um, you are part of my little inner circle on Instagram and I don't contact people very often yes about it i don't like and because i realized you know one person replies everybody gets the message and i'm not sure other people know this so i didn't know uh, until i was on you know the inner circle private thread with you and then i saw yeah but i saw it was an intimate group and we were you'd created a safe space yeah and uh so i sent a note out to everybody saying you know i've been dating this guy and he's great um but I don't feel anything. Like, why don't I feel something? And, uh, you know, I, I just don't like feel the desire and I don't feel this and I don't feel that. And so, um, I think I just need to end things. And so, uh, that's, that's what I did. I ended things (laughs) with him Mm -hmm. and in the, you know, in the interim, you know, there were people and I have to give a shout out to Sarah who was a, a, a commenter on, and that's why you're single Mm -hmm. and she's become a friend and she, Sarah, you know, and she's very incisive and very to the point. And she just replied to my DM and she said, do you think maybe, <laughs> do you think maybe the problem is that he's not unavailable? Like, let's, like, let's cut the bullshit. She knows, she knows my patterns. Yes. And that stuck, that really stuck with me. And that, you know, there, there are certain people in our lives when they say something, you stop and you go, hmm. Yeah, I read that. Like you I really have to examine I that. hearted that comment. Oh, yes. Yep. And, uh, Sarah's one of those people. And I really, that just kept rolling around in my head and rolling around in my head. And, you know, it's like, what, what really am I afraid of? What, because it wasn't fear. It was a block. It was something, it really was. It was just, I felt like it was just something preventing me from moving forward. And it was, it was fear. And it wasn't a fear of getting hurt. Um, it was a fear of having to open up my comfort zone to this guy. And, um, as we've mentioned before, um, you know, the other hesitancy that I had was, and this is the problem I think with online dating. And I think this is why so many people struggle with online dating is, um, we kind of, we overestimate our attractiveness (laughs) and, um, we shoot for people who have more options than we do. And, um, I, I think I've always been holding out for um, the Jeffrey Dean Morgan, yes. you know, the, the, the gritty, rough around the edges guy, until I met a guy 
who I, it was just a good man. And I knew right away he was a good man. And so um, after I broke things off, I mean, I couldn't stop thinking about what I had done and what what Sarah had said and, you know, my patterns of, yeah, like you'd rather crush on a guy, a separated guy at your gym and flirt with him, even though it's going to go nowhere because that's safe. And it's not just safe. It's not safe for you emotionally. It's safe for your comfort zone because I'm so comfortable being alone and I've become so, I'm so self-sufficient emotionally because of you know, I mentioned this in a post last week, you know, having, having gone through sexual abuse and having to rely strictly on myself, I definitely developed, um, a, you know, an attachment issue where I had to become, I was so self-reliant that I, um, I, I kind of convinced myself that, you know, no one, no one can take care of me better than mm -hmm. I can. So I don't need anybody. Sure. So, um, you know, I ended up texting him mm -hmm. and saying, hey, can we can we talk? And he said, yeah, and we met. Uh, we were supposed to go out Tuesday, but it snowed. And I said, do you want to try Wednesday instead? And he said, well, I have my daughter Wednesday. Um, let's do Thursday. And Thursday was, was Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Very nice. And I was like, okay. And I didn't know if he was I, – I, I don't I didn't know what it was. So we went out, and I just – he sat down, and we ordered our drinks. And I said, so – you know, um, I want to revisit that conversation that we had when I texted you and told you I wasn't feeling it. I said, I need you to know that it, it wasn't a lack of attraction. It was, you know, this fear of my comfort zone being disrupted. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I said, but I knew if I didn't break through that, I said, I, I just know you're a very good man. And I enjoy you. And he's, he's <laughs> you know, like the first time after our first date, it was like a week after our first date. And he sent me a text and he said, how was your New Year's Eve? Did you, you know, get your, get your plan in place? Cause I told him I was writing an action plan. Oh, and I said, I did. And I'm, and I'm already a millionaire. And he said, well, by my calculations, you should be, you should have $52 million by the end of the year. And I said, I'm very impressed. I said, I'm very impressed with your math skills. And he replied back, Without missing a beat, he said, I worked it out in Excel. <laughs> and I, th now that kind of quickness and the, I laughed out, I lulled, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. I laughed out loud. And I, just thinking of that, I'm like, you're an asshole. You're an idiot. You need to suck it up and you need to confront whatever it is that is keeping you, you know, staying by yourself because this is a good man. Yes. And if you don't Good at least give him a chance and going past yeah. your own comfort zone. Yeah. You know, and I, and, and, and part of that was, there was that hesitancy. And I think, I really do think that this is, this is what's poisoning dating for everybody. Um, you know, like obviously my, my, the emotional issues aside, mm -hmm. I really do think many of us, you know, we are, we're holding out. There's this, there's this, this false concept of a never ending stream of options. And well, he's great, but I bet I can do better. Or she's great, but I bet I can do better. And combined with this idea of if you don't hook me in 180 characters or less, then I'm, I'm bored. And I think we are, I think we get yeah. bored much faster now. Yes, it's twofold a problem. The commodification of everybody in the dating pool, 
the restlessness of New York City, which before we had all of this technology, I think there was a bit of that to some degree, people staying single. And now the technology just simply amplifies our enthusiasm for looking for next because it's so easy. Yep. There's so addictive. We have, yeah, you know, I, there's a Facebook group that I belong to and a woman logged in yesterday and she wrote a post, you know, looking for feedback saying, you know, I'm in my forties and the only guys that I hear from are the, you know, guys in their twenties are the guys 10, 15 years older than me. And why is it so hard? And is it just that, is it because I've lost my looks or blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she bought into that bullshit that we're fed. Yes. Um, about, well, once you get to a certain age, you're just not desirable anymore. And, you know, and, and I'll get to how that also affected, impacted my, my, uh, okay, let's call it a relationship. I'll get a little bit of a chill when I say that, but it, it affected my relationship with D mm-hmm. and we'll just refer to him as okay. D. Um, it, this idea of, you know, we're not desirable anymore. And, and the, the thing that I said to her is that it's not you and it's not your looks. It's the landscape itself and how, and this, this false idea that there's this never ending stream of options. And that's why people are fading and ghosting after two or three messages. They're getting bored very quickly and they're also matching with someone else very quickly. So it's just this constant process and nobody's stopping because we all believe we have way more options than we do and we go after people who have far more options than we do. Mm. But like and I said to very, you before, okay. I feel oh go ahead. Well, there and there's this one woman that shows up in these threads every single time online dating's being discussed. And she's constantly, "Oh, it sucks and it's awful and it's bad and I have no luck and I've been doing it for 9 years and nothing ever works and and I think I'm this and I'm this and I'm and you know, like I can tell it's a clear cut case of, I think I'm deserving of something much better than what I'm getting. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I I think she might be, um, uh, I think she might be, um, leading herself astray in that area. Um, I think, you know, attractive woman, but I, I think the problem is that, and again, I was telling you about this the coach, the Tinder coach, yes, who charges two thousand dollars for people to help people write their bio and write the emails for people, mm-hmm. is that um, we go after people who have more options than mm-hmm. we do, and we reject people. Well, Chris frankly, Rock says your a man will be as faithful, faithful as, as, his, as options. his options, right? But it's also it's I mean that can be you take out faithful, you know. Someone is as available as their options. Absolutely. Someone is as, sincen- as sincere as their options. Um, and I was, we were talking about this this coach. You know, she she calls herself a dating coach. I just have to tell people dating coaches are scams. Woof! Don't pay them money. And um, well, I would charge two thousand. Yeah, she charges two grand, and she basically writes and helps people with their pictures. Right, but what she does really is you're paying her to lower your expectations for Mm -hmm. you because she's going to contact the people she believes you should be contacting. Mm -hmm. Like she's assessing you whether you realize it or not. And the people in, and so she's saying, yeah, we need to mm, go down here Mm -hmm. and with online dating. And this is just with online dating. Offline dating is a little bit different 
not a little bit, it's a lot different. And uh, with online dating, because of the the medium and the, because of how people are just surrounded with more and more options and um, the pictures and things like that, um, you have to assess yourself and be able to say, okay, what am I up against? And you don't have to be competitive, but you do have to have to know, okay, what else is out there and how do I set myself apart? Not make yourself better because everything that everyone else says, like what they bring to the table, that's their own thing. And that's what makes them special. You need to figure out what, what sets me apart because I, we were, I was talking with, so I think I've completely gone off top, topic. <laughs> <laughs> I've strayed. D and I, we ended up deciding to give this a go right. again. And we went out to dinner last night. And he was saying, he goes, you know, every profile I've ever read, or a lot of them, women are into yoga. Like, they're all talking about yoga. And he said, it's so common. And and I was like, yeah, because, um, you know, no one's really paying attention to what other people are saying, like other what their other women are saying. Like, if women aren't, like straight women aren't looking at straight women's profiles and um, gay or bi women aren't looking at other women's profiles to see what they're up against. And so they're not setting themselves apart. So this coach- Except the woman who wrote that book did it and she gathered all the data. She went on as a man and met her husband and she took an algorithmic approach. Yeah, I remember that. I faintly remember Mm -hmm. that. God bless her. I'm glad it worked. I I still, I don't know if that was, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Let's let's stay on topic for a second. (laughs) So this coach, so this coach is going to charge you- the, the Tinder coach is going to charge you $2,000 to do what you should be doing anyway, which is having more realistic expectations. And part of the other issue that I was having with D was this idea of what I, what I see myself with, you know, mm-hmm. the Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Jeffrey Dean the, Morgan. The, mm-hmm. the gritty gruff guy with the, you know, the, with the salt and pepper, um, five o'clock shadow and the stubble and all that. And, that all went out the window when I met a really good man and I realized, oh, yeah, I don't, okay, that's, that might be what I want, but is like, am, I'm, am I holding out for something, an ideal that I can actually attain? And this isn't to say that I settled because I, um, I mean, Jesus, I wouldn't even, it's not like we're, we're in the beginning stages, but um, if I, I would have passed up a really good man because I wanted to hold out for something that I probably would never find or, and at very least, but I, I did find, Oh God, again, I'm saying, I'm talking like we've been together for a year. Um, (laughs) but in this person, I did find the qualities that were important Mm -hmm. to me, you know, the unshakable sense of who he is. Yup. Um, great in bed. Yup. <laughs> Very important. Thank God. That's the no sleep. Yeah, which, right. Hence the no sleep. And, um, that I found mm-hmm. out last night. And that was the second mm-hmm. hesitation of, you know, like, am I still going to be desirable to him? Am I still going to be sexy? Can I still do this? Um, but we tend to hold out for things that um, we, we can't, we can't attain without a lot, without a lot of frustration. And look, you know, this isn't, it's not saying lower, it's lower your standards if your standards are really shallow. Well, I don't I tell women to lower their standards and I don't pretend that I'm a dating coach and in one of our many 
gym conversations I had told you about two classes, one that I facilitated and then one where we took some women to Las Vegas. And it was very much about dating. And as a copywriter, you know, I think a woman's pictures have to be good, but the sell also has to be good. And for me, these things can be written beautifully, but if somebody is still holding on to this fairy tale and hasn't burned the crazy expectation of Jeffrey Dean Morgan, or in my case, John Hamm, or whatever mm-hmm. that crazy ideal is, the main problem for me is that a woman or a man isn't going to have fun in the experience. So I encourage people to break it down and think about one activity. And to put that in a profile, let's get the best martinis in New York. Let's take a walk on the High Line. And to put out Mm -hmm. the things that we desire and then be in the moment about that and not be interviewing the person to figure out if he's Prince Charming. Because A, Prince Charming is a myth. And B, in our shopified economy of dating, there is always going to be the next thing around the corner. And I don't know that I would tell men or women that it's about being realistic. I'd say it's about being clear on how we desire to feel and being clear on what the experience looks like for us and to really get into savoring the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I definitely think... And that's what you did. Um, that's precisely what you did with this man. He's a good man. He's kind. You had fun. But you were able to do that because you slowed things down and you were very present with where you are with him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't really... I'm not... I, I, th- I guess so. I'm, I guess I'm, I'm still a little, like, hesitant. Um, I'm always afraid that, like, the other shoe... Wait the other shoe is going to drop. I'm also not used to talking about a guy that stuck around. And I, I think it's interesting that the first guy I dated the mid, after I took the site down ended up having real potential, mm. you know, after removing that block and it was a block, I do think that was a big part of being able to um, find somebody who wasn't with me for the persona or wasn't curious about, you know, wow, she seems really this or that. Um, and they weren't, in, weren't thrown. I won't say intimidated, but thrown or turned off by the public persona. Because a lot of guys are. A lot of guys are like, yeah, I don't want to be talked about. And if that's what she's going to do, I don't, you know. And this is, you know, I, I think I was very stuck in this place of, and that's why I'm single. You know, my identity was single. My brand was single. Sure. And my life sort of followed that. And that's why I always, you know, these dating bloggers and these people who do podcasts about dating and how dating sucks. And, you know, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to have that moment too, where it's going to be between, you know, do I want a relationship or do I want to have all this attention Mm -hmm. on the internet? And there's nothing wrong. Like, look, if you can monetize and make a career out of it, do it. I was able to do that. Um, but it absolutely came at a price. Well, sure. The energetic and, attention um, was into being single and in storytelling and in advising. At least in, I remember mm-hmm. in the early days. Right. Right. And once it was gone and I didn't have that, it was just about, 
Well, I never really, in the last few years of it, I never really, I was very careful about what I said. I didn't talk a lot about my personal life at all because I really mm-hmm. learned my lesson. And that would, that helped, but still just having that brand, it was, you know, I think anytime you're a, a woman writer, um, I, I think men are a little bit afraid of what you're going to oh, say. Of you know, because they, for whatever reason, think we don't, I don't know, they think we don't have boundaries and we do. And in all the time um, that you've been answering people's questions from before I met you to present day, even though there's more technology and the landscape is seemingly more complex, I feel like a lot of the desires that people have are the same. They seek connection and the questions are the same and the challenges of where people are in their own way are the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how many, uh, imp- how many, you know, how technology changes and how much, how much more accessible options become, the, the, the issues still s- stay the same, you know, and we're still, yes, we have all kinds of ways to connect with people, but we don't know how to maintain and cultivate those connections. And, you know, we have a shorter attention span. So after two messages on Tinder, if, you know, if you're not, if you don't catch my attention, I'm done. Exactly. You know, we get bored, you know, we get restless easier. Mm-hmm. And this isn't, that's not, that's not a statement about your desirability. That's, that's about the, the landscape itself. However, you know, if you, if you keep matching with men who, or women who, um, like you can't, you can just never get offline with them that's probably because you're going for people who have more options than you do. And you need to revisit the people that you would have rejected before. And you need to acknowledge that you might not have as many options as you think you do. Well, it looks like one, it (laughs) looks like people have infinite options and I tend to disagree and think there are a lot of options, but it's options for what to sit and have a drink with somebody Yes, one can do that with any number of people. Is it going to develop into a 50-year marriage? Mm, Not with most of them. Probably not. But that wouldn't be the case without all of this technology. So for me, what Mm -hmm. it does, even in the midst of all the bad behavior and ghosting and constant texting, I mean, the constant texting can be stopped because we don't have to put energetic attention on somebody who isn't getting on the phone or asking us out or us asking them out. If that's not materializing, then I think it's a sign to move on. And also, if we're swiping and clicking with a lot of people who are either insanely better looking than us or younger or older or whatever it is, my inclination is to believe that men are swiping right on everybody, on those sites that use that that UX. So on Tinder and Bumble, I'm assuming that a man is swiping right on every single person he sees. Oh, I absolutely not. I disagree with you. <laughs> no, I think a certain kind of man is, and they're the insecure men who want to see who's choosing them, if anything. They're the same men who come to one of our speed dating events and they check off all the women as matches to see who's choosing them. And then when I say, yeah, we don't, we don't process cards like that 
because that's just somebody who wants to see how many matches they get. And that's not fair to everybody Mm -hmm. else. That's not fair to the people you do match with. That's a waste of their time. And I'm not, you know, there's enough of that bullshit out there and we're not, we're not going to perpetuate that. And they want to see how many people Mm -hmm. choose them. So those guys are swiping right on everybody. I think the guys with options, they don't need to, they don't need to know how many women want them because women are swiping on them or women are messaging. And the guys who are, of a certain level and position and good looking, magnanimous, charming. They don't need to be online at all. Some of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it really is this, this, this idea of options and trying to get one person to, to, um, to just stay focused. Like our focus is gone and it's not, you know, it really, I think the core of it is, that we have just, um, the, the landscape has just made people believe they have way more options than they do. And that it's, it's affected our, um, attention span. We get, you know, we get bored easier. So that's a, that's a problem too. And it really is like, if you're not clicking and then meeting, forget it. These people who are like, well, we messaged for two weeks or a week or three days. No, Mm -mm. nope. You should be click, click, message, 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 message. Right. Let's meet exactly. up. Exactly. That's it. None of this. Yeah. Well, when people yeah. are conducting a relationship over an app for months at a time, that's a flag. Because mm-hmm. it's not a relationship. There's no yeah. connection being created. It's messaging. Mm-hmm. And it might be mm-hmm. fun for the ego, but it isn't going to lead. If it isn't leading to an offline something relatively quickly. I tend to yeah, yes, I tend to, to delete those those people. Yeah, that's that's somebody who's stringing you along because they have other options. And they will they will come they will meet you right. when they when there don't are no, have, when there's a minute a when there's a free a free moment in the schedule. Right. Right. And like nobody in the, at this stage of the game, if you've been online dating long enough, you know. Like you 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 realize like how you, this is a fast process and anybody who wants to, or, and this is a sort of an arduous process. So anybody who wants to <laughs> prolong that, there's something Well, for up. me, so much of it as a woman is about having radical clarity about what I want. Mm-hmm. And like I said to you before, mm-hmm. I was able to go on so many dates with so many different types of people so many types of men and have a nice time because I wasn't putting them in the boyfriend suit or the fiance suit. It was merely about being out and being with them. And just that practice to really understand what do I want? What is important to me? Because I could give you my laundry list and say, funny, smart, tall, you know, whatever. But how do I want to feel? What is it that's important to me in a partner? So I wanted to mm-hmm. go out with the sole intention of having fun and enjoying myself in the presence of another. That was the goal. Mm-hmm. And it was revelatory to do that because I had these amazing dates with people who I might have otherwise not gone out with. To your point about the Tinder coach, what she says, there's really something to it. And I wouldn't say it's about lowering expectations. I'd say it's about expansion of what we can have and throwing out that checklist because that checklist screws us up men and women 
Yeah, I, I, you know what? That's a really great point. It really is how, how we frame it. You know, it's not about lowering your standards as much as it, it's about broadening your options. Yes. Widening your options. Make your, making your net bigger, you know, because you don't know. Although I will say, <laughs> this is me, here I am again. Um, I, because like D, and this is, I've always told people, do not bother with the cold mm-hmm. calling messages. Wait for someone to initiate interest first and then and then either message or like them or whatever, however, whatever platform you're using. D liked me first. I liked him back. And that means we could message. And I messaged him, hey, thanks for the like, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And that was it. You know, wait, like, it, I think everyone, you need to take some risks here and there. But I think for the most part, like, you know, take some calculated risks and and every once in a while shoot for the stars. You know, absolutely keep your expectations at a minimum for situations like that. But focus your efforts and your energies on people who have already shown some level of interest. And that means like if they've already swiped you first and then you match, message them. Don't sit there and wait. I agree. Message them. In that same vein, one of the guys I went out with last year, we went on one date and he is traveling and doing things with security. I'm not exactly sure even where he is at this point in time. A bit older than I am. Not the most handsome man. Had a little bit of a Hulk Hogan thing before all the plastic surgery going on. Not anybody who I would have said, Mm -hmm. oh yes, this is the man of my dreams. But when we went on this date and I sat Mm -hmm. down, he was so bright and charming and fun. I felt like I was the only woman on the planet. And I would have, I still talk about this one date a year later, I would have gone out with that guy again, for sure. There was really a loveliness to him. And I never in my earlier days would have said yes, but he'd expressed interest Mm -hmm. in me. And I thought, why not? A glass of wine, a bowl of pasta. Yeah. It's not going to kill me. And it was a great evening. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, I had taken a real long hiatus from dating just because, um, I don't know, I guess I was, let's just say I was doing work on myself, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, another part of the reason why um, I just, the, the, the amount of rejection I was experiencing was just really kind of soul crushing and I didn't want to deal with it. And, you know, I was taking it personally and you know, I was also at this stage where, you know, I was turning 50 and I was believing all those messages that women are sent from the media and from men um, and even from other women about, you know, mm-hmm. what happens, you know, as you get older and, you know, you don't get to be, you're not desirable anymore, which is utter bullshit. Um, I've seen sexy as fuck 70, 80 year old women, beautiful, like it doesn't matter. It's And um, part of the, the other hesitancy I had with D was um, I was afraid to have sex with him because I was afraid... I was mm-hmm. no longer going to be good in bed. Um, not to pat myself on the back, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, so, somebody um, had fun yesterday. <laughs> you know, I was afraid that I was not, and, and sex was a big part of my identity. And I was afraid I wasn't going to be any good. And oh my God, and what if my boobs are saggy? And, you know, what if I can't get wet? Mm-hmm. And uh, all this stuff. And so the whole time last night we were at dinner and even yesterday, I'm like, okay, you've got to take him home with you. You've got to get over this hump. You've got, you've got to do it. And, um, I was terrified. I really was. And, um, 
you know, we ended up having sex and it was great. And I was like, oh my God, if I hadn't pushed through all of that, like what, what this, I, I would have missed out on this. And who knows where, who knows what's going to be in a week. Look, he could completely blow me off now and I could be a total idiot, which you know what, that'll hurt. But I will, but I will absolutely be proud of myself for not running. So anything that happens from this point on, mm-hmm. I have that experience of, I gave that a shot. I, I tested myself. I didn't run. I pushed through the fear. And for me, like that is so, such an amazing thing that even if he does blow me off, it's going to sting. But having that mm-hmm. accomplishment is going to, is going to soften the blow quite a bit. And um, I think women should mm-hmm. approach these situations, like you said, with a, a different perspective of, you know what? Um, I went out with somebody and I was present in the moment and I wasn't wondering where things going or whether or not he was interested in me. Excellent. Set that kind of goal, attain that goal. Whatever happens, happens. But if you can set that kind of goal for yourself and let that be, you know, what you're looking for rather than, you know, oh, I'm going to go out on this date and maybe I'm looking for a relationship and I have to see if he's boyfriend material and, you know, you know, is there chemistry? And instead of worrying about that, like you said, be present in the moment and just just be there just be open because all that stuff all that fear all that wondering whether we realize it or not all the over analysis is what's blocking us too and my other unsolicited piece mm-hmm. of advice to the people would be to ask very open ended questions and rather than assume that the person sitting across from us wants the same things we do, because I think that's where a lot of the disappointment happens to ask, what is that person looking for? Because when questions are asked with love and not judgment, the truth normally comes out. Uh, I don't, I think at least that's I, been my, I have that's to been say my that the, what are you looking for question? I think is a loaded question. And I think it's going to make somebody no matter how, well-intentioned you are, and no matter how soft the delivery, I still think it's going to make the other person put their hackles up and put their their defenses are going to go up. Um, but there are a million other ways to ask it. You see, this is where the writer mm-hmm. in me comes in. We can ask somebody, what's the feeling they're looking for? We can ask, what's the feeling yeah, you're like, looking for on this date? What, yeah, like, we can ask somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. To, very like, presencing. What, yeah. What's the experience you want in this martini bar are yeah, you gonna what's go gonna make you know what makes gin? a great first day for you you know what like asking questions like that where it's mm-hmm. more subjective and not as um specific and really doesn't involve you like it doesn't involve so where do you see this going i've met you i've known you for 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> i mean i couldn't imagine asking yeah. somebody that now yeah and i also too <laughs> i think once women let go of that fairy tale and once women let go of um believing the crap that the media sells us and that society sells us about aging and our bodies and about our worth, you know, um, at every age, whether it's 21 or 91, there's something that society is pointing to about us and saying, you're not good enough. Oh, oh, you're not having kids. You're not good enough. Mm -hmm. Oh, you didn't make partner. You're not good enough. Oh, you know, um, you're, uh, you're, you can't get pregnant. Oh, you're not good enough. Oh, you're menopause. You don't, you're, you're can't get pregnant. Oh, you're not good enough. Well, for me, in the women 
that I've surrounded myself with for the past, say, 15 to 20 years or so, they are revolutionary insofar as they really love themselves in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. And that, for me, is the model. And it really is something that takes practice. And it doesn't come easily because the social and societal messages really are all about being wrinkle-free and sexy, but not too sexy and have children and be compliant and do this, do that. I mean, the the messaging, the minute we get it right, we've gotten it wrong because there's a new right. message that we're and not. It really, yeah, it is. It's about, you have to build a thick skin and you have to be able to say, and, and I, mm-hmm. I wrote this and I don't know if I said it in a podcast or yeah, I did say it in a podcast, I said it a couple of weeks ago that like a woman who, who does not care about what other people think is, ex, is exceptionally powerful. A woman who who can just pursue yes. what she wants and, and doesn't seek approval and doesn't seek permission, you know what? That 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 the freedom that comes with that, um, I think, also rewards you with um, with success. Right. I mean, we but we look at this in the media and. With First Lady Laura Bush, it was all about her clothes, as it was with every First Lady. Hillary Clinton got vilified for Mm -hmm. her ankles, her face, her, you name it. And with now AOC, Mm -hmm. you know, she is getting the same level of scrutiny. And she was getting it from another woman a week or two ago. And the comments in the media were that she looked teenage and sullen. So I know this is a little off topic, but I think there has been this permissiveness about how to be, how to act, how to comport yourself. And all of this external information is coming to us at any given time on any given day to say, you know what? I'm not going to listen to any of that shit today. It's It's a practice. It's like a meditation practice to decide to tune it all out and feel gorgeous and hot and alluring no matter what. Yeah. It, um, I, Yeah. Just to, to to drown out the white noise about what you're supposed to be doing and mm-hmm. what it's supposed to look like and what it, how it should be and, and you know and this is something else that I said uh, that we covered in one of the many uh, attempts at this podcast that we made was um, <laughs> I think that the process of dating now uh, online dating specifically is the, I think the norm now is for it to be difficult the ghosting and the fading and the frustration. Like, I think that's the norm. And when we encounter something that it like, again, I'm, I'm going to, I'm God, I'm totally being that girl. And I hate it. Um, when I'm <laughs> D wasn't like that. Watch, he's going to blow me off. He's going to just, gonna, he's going to say, uh, you know, I'm not into this. Um, everything was so simple with him. And I said that I'm like, you're, you're, you're so laid back. It's enraging. <laughs> And everything was, I'm going to do this, and then he did it. And I think we're so used to things being difficult, and we're so used to being challenged and feeling like, you know, it's almost like an Olympic event to try and get a guy off a fucking dating app and to get him to meet you. You know, that's what we're used to now. We're not used to it being easy. And so I think we're at that place where we're like, well, why is it so easy? We, we shouldn't, we don't trust it anymore. When that's used to be how it was four or five years ago. You right. met someone online, exchanged two or three messages. Hey, you want to meet? Great. And you met. That doesn't happen anymore. I mean, you're lucky if someone sticks it out through an email conversation. Well, 
I would say that yes, the ghosting and the bad behavior is more prevalent simply because there are more there are mm-hmm. there is the illusion of more mm-hmm. options because there are more sites and there are more means of technology. But to the point that I'd made to you before, we don't have the social consequences and protection. If I meet a guy at your house and he takes me out and he doesn't act right, I'm going to tell you. And if it's a family member, or if it's a close friend, or if it's a colleague, you know, there, there's, we don't have the same social boundaries that we used to. But I do think that the technology allows people's personality and their shortcomings to simply be amplified mm-hmm. and we see them sooner. And a lot of people don't have manners because the social mores have been thrown out the window. So if somebody has bad manners and they ghost me or they text me a bunch and then disappear, they've done me a favor. And I don't see any reason to be sad about it because I like attention and good manners and kindness. And for me, it's having a full roster of two or three different people because I have a life and Mm -hmm. I have other things that I want to do. But until I find that one, let myself compare and contrast a little bit. Yeah, that's something else too. That's a message sent to women of, you you know, you can't be dating more than one guy at a time because you can't be sleeping with more men than more than one man at a time. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Stop listening to that bullshit. Well, I I don't see no ring. I mean, I don't necessarily want to sleep with multiple people, but I see nothing wrong with it for the people who can do it. And I think that it's a personal choice. I mean, where sex and sexuality and intimacy comes in, that it's all very personal and individual. But until I am claimed and mm-hmm. until I claim someone, then I think you want doing Yeah. And again, it just goes back to giving yourself permission to just tune out all that stuff and do what you want to do. Right. I mean, the the ironic thing is now (laughs) in this particular stage, I haven't been dating anyone. I had the sickness in November or December. Mm -hmm. I had that bad flu. And then I was working on client work and building my business. So I haven't been out on a date in quite a while. So I'll get back to it at some point because it is it is fun. It's supposed to be fun to connect yeah. with other yeah. humans. We put all of this loaded and, craziness and, around it, which again is why yeah, I like to and keep we, it very and, simple. And, and connect in real life. Forget about this connecting online crap. Connect in oh, real life. Absolutely. Connect in real life. And God damn it, let there be <laughs> some good food drinks. And, and a nice little cocktail. You know, I don't need a five-course meal, but... Let's sit at a yeah. bar and have a snack. Yeah. Or a coffee. I don't mind a, I don't mind oh, a coffee. Please, date. I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, some people some people don't like it, but for me, I feel like the ROI is good because if I like the guy, I'll see huh? him again. How, how's that? And if I don't, all I've done is had some caffeine. I don't get it. What, what what's the difference between a coffee and a cocktail? Well, if timing wise because we're busy. We're busy. So if timing wise, we can only meet up in the morning or in the afternoon mm-hmm. and have a quick coffee, I would rather do that to have the in-person oh, meeting happen Oh, I see your point. Okay. Okay. Yeah. In general though, uh, any, like any guy who's like, yeah, why don't we meet for coffee? Unless he's sober. Um, uh, any guy who's like, yeah, let's meet for coffee. Like that's someone who's like, I don't, it's not it's about cheap. <laughs> I don't give a, no. Cause I pay my own way. Uh-huh. Fuck that. I don't care. Um, it's about 
that what that says to me is I've been burned a lot. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a test run first. Like I'm guarded. I don't want to deal with that. Leave your bullshit at home. Leave your, you know, leave your defenses at home. If you can't come out on a date and drop all of that for 45 minutes and just have a fun conversation and maybe have a drink or, you know, whatever, have a goddamn Shirley Temple. Who cares? Get a ginger ale. I don't care. But if you start in with this, you know, let's meet for coffee because, you know, you don't want to pay, you know, you don't want to pay for drinks. I can't stand that. I cannot. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, guys, but if you can't deal, if you can't um, accept the fact that, like, you're going to have to spend some money on a date, not necessarily spend it on her, but you're going to have to spend some money on a date. Um, and it might not, and you might never see this person again. If you can't accept that, stay the fuck home. I have to tell you, though, I had a sober guy pick a place. He wanted to meet specifically at the bar at Dorsey, that French restaurant on the Upper East Side, which is a gorgeous place and not a cheap place. And he didn't drink and he kept offering me cocktails and wine. And maybe he was doing it to be, you know, kind and take care of me. But I thought, hmm, I don't necessarily want to have a glass of wine by myself with somebody who I don't know. So I found it off putting. You don't want to me. I don't, again, what? (laughs) (laughs) I felt like he was pushing the drinks. And that, and I had that happen one other time with somebody who did not drink. And I was not enjoying that so much. And I think it may have been an attempt to be a good Mm -hmm. host or a good date. But. I don't know. I can find a million things to complain about, and that's why I'm still single. <laughs> well, Kira, how can people find you and, and hear more of your brilliance? Oh, you are so sweet. I will be done it, running another class soon. And again, I am not a dating coach. I do not tell people that I'm going to get them their fairy tale ending because I don't believe in fairy tales. I believe in fun and I believe in having a woman's phone abundantly yeah. full of the classes aren't about how to find a man. The classes are about how to find yourself, how to find you, the, your desire and what you want. How to find your desire and your joy. And if people, people can join us on Facebook and ask to join the dating is delicious group and we will be running some more events soon so it's just dating is delicious Perfect. on facebook kira you're the best thank I'm you i'm exhausted you too so <laughs> we will do fun. this again i'll have you on again i am absolutely wiped out um my coffee's i made bad coffee this morning but kira thank you so much for stepping in and i'm going to have you on again and uh people if you could follow us, we're on uh, we're on Spotify now. Yay! So you can look up Women on Top. Yay! Um, on spot on Spotify, just look for the black and white um, logo with the woman in the chair. Uh, you can find our website at womenontoppodcast.com. We're on Spreaker, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, and soon we'll be on Apple on iTunes of uh, submitted for approval. So come to the website. There's different ways to see us. Follow us at women on top pod on Twitter and women on top podcast on Instagram. Lady, this has been fun and uh, I will talk to you soon. And guys, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye everybody.